Welcome to Mastering La Vida, your podcast review. I'm your host, Sue. You can now start following us on Instagram, hashtag Mastering La Vida. Let us know what you think about the podcast. You guys can comment and also make suggestions for our next episodes. Happy New Year to everyone who is listening and welcome back to Mastering La Vida. I hope everyone is safe and healthy and beginning this year with positive thoughts. No one can go back in time to shame what has happened. So work on your present to make yourself a wonderful future. On this episode, we are going to be reviewing what experts are claiming help you maintain healthy relationships these days. I don't know how you guys are mastering your current relationships, but I particularly struggle a lot with relationships in the past. And today, I want to review my current and my longest relationship with a man. Yes, that's my husband. We all feel like we are right. We all feel like we are the ones doing everything right in the relationship. And the truth is that when a relationship fails, It's not because of one person, it involves the couple. We all want a healthy relationship, but sometimes we feel attracted to similarities. There might be someone who says that he or she is tired of finding the wrong person in their life, but they continue attracting those with similar things as their previous relationships. There are many signs you should be looking since the beginning on dating that it would lead you to know if that could possibly be a healthy relationship. And it leads me to the big question, what is a healthy relationship? Healthy relationships don't look the same for everyone since people have different needs. Your specific needs around communication, sex, affection, space, share hobbies or values, and so on might change throughout life. One thing healthy relationships largely share is adaptability, says Lindsay Antin, a therapist in Berkeley, California. They adapt to circumstances and the fact we're always changing and going through different phases in life. But here I have some examples of things I have been trying for the last years. My current relationship with my husband is the longest relationship I had with a man. I am going to be brutally honest, babe. If you are listening, you will agree with me that being married and creating a family is one of the hardest things we have done so far. You will also agree that once we look at our family, all of the troubles, disagreements, and struggles we had at the beginning of our relationship are pretty much worth it. I am very glad I did not opt for the most convenient way to end the relationship when we struggle. We did attend couples therapy and we've been to a couple of weekends getaway when you talk about your feelings and all kinds of things. You know, the military is actually really good providing the services for couples in the military. And please understand that we all people come with baggage of our past life and previous relationships. We do not come with a manual on how to operate us. I do not know if my husband and I will be in a romantic relationship for the rest of our lives, but I can guarantee you that my love for him will never stop and that in the case we part our ways, we will always be friends and I will do 
my best to keep my family a healthy relationship because the love I have for my husband is not the butterflies. It never was the butterflies. It's not the most romantic one. It's not even like the ones you see on movies or TVs or TV shows, none of that stuff. The love I have for him is respectful, is unconditional, is pure. It's very similar to the love you have for your own family, the one you grew up with. No matter how bad things might go, you know deep inside that you will forgive them and you will never cut them out of your life completely. That is the kind of love I have for him. That's why I feel so good about the kind of relationship we currently have. So let's jump into this review. The number one advice experts are recommending to couples is open communication. Partners in healthy relationships typically talk about the things going on in their life, successes, failures, and everything in between. You should be comfortable talking about any issues that come up in your relationship from things that happen in everyday life, such as work or friends, stress, to more serious issues such as mental health symptoms or financial concerns. Communication goes both ways. It's important you also feel that they voice their own concerns or thoughts as they come up. And I think this one was my biggest issues from having a partner. I didn't know how to do it properly. Learning to communicate with people. I struggle with listening because I talk too much. So I started to learn to have the ability to listen to others instead of talking and talking. I still struggle with this. And if you ask anyone that knows me, they will tell you that I can talk for hours. I love having conversations. My best friends are amazing. They are very knowledgeable people who I can spend hours talking about mainly any subject. I like to surround myself with people I can have long and interesting conversations. But I marry someone who do not like to talk for hours. At the beginning of our relationship, our communication was crap. He had a hard time being able to open up about his feelings, his past, and so on. It got to the point where I was giving up because having conversations with him would be like trying to take words out of the mouth of a person with a spoon. Let me remind you, I am married to a military guy and work sometimes is not a subject that he likes to share with me. And I used to get upset because I had high expectations of what a relationship should look like. And I was, was not even near to what I had thought it was going to be. It took him several years to be able to communicate with me. We have made progress, yes. But are we in the level I would like for us to be? No. But I have learned to adapt to the fact that whenever he needs to share something important with me, I know it will happen. Now, I don't make a big deal about it and I tend to rely on my best girlfriends for whenever I have blue days or I feel the need of having long conversation. Is it ideal? I don't know. But this is the solution I found towards fulfilling my own personal needs and it's working for me so far. And we move on to number two, which is trust. Trust involves honesty and integrity. You don't keep secrets from each other. When you're apart, you don't worry about them pursuing other people. But trust goes beyond believing they won't cheat or lie to you. It also means you feel safe and comfortable with them and know they won't hurt you physically or emotionally. You know they have your best interests in mind 
but also respect you enough to encourage you to make your own choices. Oh, this one is fire. I was not a good trusting man. And maybe it's because I had so many bad experiences in the past that at the beginning of our relationship, I struggled tremendously with trust. I will give you some examples and you are free to judge. I am Latina and I have dated several Latino men. Latino men are seductive. They know exactly what to do and say. They will bring you the moon down. But they will be bringing that same moon to several other girls. At least this is my experience with Latino men. When I married my husband, I had the hope that he was going to be different. My husband is not romantic at all. He doesn't know how to be romantic. And I said to myself, it's okay. I can sacrifice not having romance as long as he's respectful. Well, second year of being married and every time we went out to eat or try to have a date and we were out in the street, he will be turning his eyes, turning his whole head to every single woman that passed by us. Some people think that this is normal. Some people feel like this disrespectful for me. And I'm just expressing how I feel as a woman on this side. Mary with kids and a husband. You sitting down in a restaurant and eating with someone. You kind of want that person to pay attention to you. To look at you in the eyes at least. And have a conversation with you. Not having to be staring at other girls passing by. But this was very frustrating because I was expecting something different from him and he didn't care about it. I feel disrespected because I know exactly how she feel. I've been on the other side of the story where I was the one walking and I look at this guy with the family and kids and his wife next to him. And I'm like, oh gosh. Or you might be like, oh, she's shaking me out. You know, so I've been in both sides. I've been in the side where I was the girl walking by and kind of feel good because they're looking at me. And I've been on the other side when I am the wife sitting down there looking at my husband, looking at other woman. It is very uncomfortable still for me. This was a heartbreaking position for me. I've always had a high self-esteem about myself, but being married to him made me feel less beautiful less interesting and I communicated this to him and he didn't care at all. He blamed me that I was insecure and that just pushes my self-esteem so down. I was feeling pretty down back in those days. And I'm going to say this as an advice for anyone who is in a relationship. If you are in a relationship, you have to think, is the attention you're giving to another woman or man were the relationship you currently have, acknowledging in your head that is a fine woman or man, but keep going because we ask this question, is it worth producing insecurity in your partner? You can't stop yourself from having that feeling. It's there, but you can control how you manage it. And at least that's how I feel. I am a woman. I see men that actually looks good in the street too. And of course, we feel attracted to other men. That is normal. We all do. It's just the way we do it. We can just look and just turn around. You don't have to stare like you're a creeper staring at this girl from hair to toes or trying to check out their butt or whatever it is that you're looking at. 
So we did end up in therapy, of course, and that's when my therapist told me that there was no Prince Charming, men are all the same, and that my expectations of men were way too high. That was kind of disappointing because I really feel that there was men out there who was, I don't know, different. And I was crushed to the situation that in, in reality, they were all the same, no matter what part of the world they were from. When I was in therapy, I also feel judged for the fact that I didn't have a father figure in my life. And I also feel judged that she was pointing at the bar where my mother's influence or not ever getting married was maybe affecting the fact that I wanted to call it quits. I honestly don't feel that therapy helped us that time. We continued to have arguments and disagreements for the way I wanted to be treated and the fact that he just wanted a simple life without that many complications and apparently I was complicating things. I didn't feel at that moment that I was asking for much. Time did pass by and we had an incident with one of my female cousins who seems to only wanted to have a relationship with him. She didn't want to be part of my life. She only wanted to be part of his life. It was a pretty strange situation and it was giving me some big red flags. I don't know if you as a woman, you ever feel, but I don't know if you want to call that a power, but we can feel when things are not going to end up good. And I had that sour feeling that this was a red flag and things were not going to end up good. This was probably the biggest fights of all. This time I was willing to let him go. When someone approaches your relationship and you see the red flags all over, you speak up. I did. And I was given the normal man's answer. This was all in my small, tiny head. I was basically creating this because I'm a jealous person. But it took a while for her, for my cousin, to show up what her real intentions were. And when she finally did, my husband came to me and he showed me all of the test messages she was sending to him. I was completely shocked. I was pretty upset because I saw it coming the whole time. But at the same time, it made me feel good about the relationship me and him were creating, the trust part. I feel I could really trust him when he was able to come to me and honestly show me without any stories, you know. And maybe he wanted to, you know, don't be part of what was coming either because he knew I was going to be pissed. We talk about her and we actually, for the first time, came out with solutions. You know, we have a conversation after I was furious and everything calmed down. We sit down and we talk about how bad this was for our relationship, how one person was coming in and affecting our relationship to the point where we were like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to go in this if we don't fix this problem. Being specific about what the problem is and trying to find a solution for it is key to maintaining a relationship. We talk about her and the boundaries we were going to set for now with her, how we were going to be able to avoid future relationships with her. We had to cut her out of our lives completely, and we did. He actually agreed to do it. And, and I wouldn't even say sometimes they don't even do it because they like them, because they want to have a relationship with him, but sometimes they do it just to screw the other woman around, just because they don't like them, just because something. and. Unfortunately, my cousin was one of them. She never get along with me. She never liked me for some reason. And I feel like she was trying to get back at me at some way for something that I don't even know what it is. 
For me, one of the most important things in a relationship is trust and respect. If I don't have it, I do not need to be in that relationship. I can respect for myself by not letting others disrespect me. And I give my husband all of the respect and trust he can get. I have men approach me before. And I've been in situations where they come front and say, hey, do you want to go here and there? And I'm like, no, like, I'm not going to do that. Like, why would I do that? And I'm up front and I'm like, I will never go anywhere if my husband is not there or this and that. That this doesn't look good. And I, I don't want to put myself in that position because I wouldn't like for him to do that to me. It's not that I don't know how to control myself. It's just that I need to take control of my situations and I will never put myself in a situation where it's going to be questionable if that is right or wrong. My husband will probably never change. His eyes might still turn every time he seeks a woman that he likes. But know for a fact that I won't be there to look at that scenario, to look at that picture. I have learned what can I tolerate and I have learned to love myself and my free time is to be spent in things that I enjoy. So I will take my free time and go hike with my group. I will take my yoga mat and go do some yoga with my friends or the group who I am. I will not spend my free time looking after him, looking at other girls. And that's my self-respect. I do not like it. I don't appreciate it. And I don't do it. And he knows that now. So nowadays, I don't need to worry about where he's at and what is he doing. I have to trust the fact that he might be doing the right thing. I trust that he's doing what he wants to do as well. We do many activities together as a family, but we also have our activities separate. And that's how I deal with it. Is it ideal? Again, I don't know. I can't tell you, but I want to be able to enjoy the time that I'm not doing things with the kids or enjoy the little time that I will have to do my free times. I want to be able to enjoy that. I don't want to spend the day looking at him, looking at other girls. So that is how I fix my situation. And we move into number three, which is a sense of yourself as a separate person. Healthy relationships are best described as independent Independence means you rely on each other for mutual support, but still maintain your identity as a unique individual. In other words, your relationship is balanced. You know you have their approval and love, but your self-esteem doesn't depend on them. Although you're there for each other, you don't depend on each other to get all of your needs met. You still have friends and connections outside the relationship and spend time pursuing your own interests and hobbies. And this is exactly what I explained previously. My husband have his independent different activities that he likes to do by himself. And I have learned that I also enjoy my individuality. We do not need to have each other 24-7 at all. My husband loves having lunch with his co-workers, fishing, hunting, playing golf. All of the activities are things he does by himself. On the other side, I have yoga and meditation groups that I attend without him. I am also part of women who hike internationally, which is amazing because it doesn't matter where we might move, I will always find a group to hike. We are connected through Facebook pages and I am always looking forward to find more women to hike with. So for me, this is one of the things I appreciate the most from therapy and adaptability. Being able to get my needs meet for myself 
knowing what makes me happy and also knowing that I can make my own happiness, that I don't need a man to be happy. Finding and loving myself has been a great learning experience. And I will recommend this to any couple out there. And we move on to number four, curiosity. One key characteristic of healthy long-term love is curiosity. This means you're interested in their thoughts, goals, and daily life. You want to watch them grow into their best self. You're not fixated on who they used to be or who you think they should be. I see this as being real. Know who your partner is and don't create this idea of someone they could be. I remember when we first got married and I hated the way he dressed. I was so used to dating well-dressed men and my husband was in tank tops and Porsches or Jordan sneakers. So American, right? I started telling him that he was dressing as a teen and not a man. And this brought so much trouble into our relationship because he claimed that I was trying to change who he was. And he was right. He was 100% right. I didn't see it that way back in those days. I just thought that maybe he needed a little guidance on how to properly dress. <laughs> But I did give up eventually. And every now and then he called me overdressed and I laugh at his dress choices. We simply don't care anymore. It's actually quite funny now because I will be getting dressed and he will be looking into what am I going to wear? Or he'll be looking at what I pick for the kids to wear and try to match us. But it's actually like an internal joke now in the house. But we do not tell each other what to wear at all. We might laugh at each other about our choices for clothes, but we actually have a great sense of humor with our choices for clothing. So we just laugh about it now. And it makes everything really relaxed. And with this, we move to number five, time apart. Most people in healthy relationships prioritize spending time together. Through the amount of time you spend together can vary based on personal needs, work and other commitments, living arrangements, and so on. But you also recognize the need for personal space and time on your own. Maybe you spend this time relaxing solo, pursuing a hobby, or seeing friends or family. Whatever you do, you don't need to spend every moment together or believe your relationship suffers when you spend some time apart. And this is obviously very easy for military families. We spend so much time apart from each other that we learn how to handle these situations very fast or there might be a divorce in the way. I've seen so many military families that are so used to not seeing each other or living under the same roof anymore that when the time comes and they are getting ready to retire from the military, they realize they might not even want to be together anymore. So this could go to the stream. This can either make you a strong independent family or it could destroy the family. For us, we have a rule. The only time he's allowed to leave by himself are deployments which we are currently experiencing one right now. Any other times, we will always move with him. I am not saying that all military families need to follow this rule or they wouldn't work. I am just explaining what actually works for us as a family and what agreements we have made towards this. And this seems to be working for us right now. We can't wait for him to get back home. And we move on to number six and last, which is conflict resolution. Even in a healthy relationship, you have occasionally disagreements and feel frustrated or angry with each other from time to time. That's completely normal. It doesn't mean your relationship is unhealthy. What matters is how you address conflict. If you can talk about your difference politely, honestly, and with respect, you're on the right track. 
Partners who address conflict without judgment can often find a compromise or solution. I think this is basically on how you deal with things. Before I started to understand myself and getting to know what I like and dislike, I had no control whatsoever on my temper. It was horrible. I am so thankful that I meditate every day. It truly enlightens me and gives me the patience that I need it. I am the one now that can tell my husband to keep it down, to have a conversation, to choose better respectful words for disagreements. What a blessing. And I have to say that it did not only change my relationship with my husband, it also changed the relationship I have now with many family and friends. Now I can think about what's going to be the solution to the problem instead of just thinking that we have a problem. Love can be intoxicated. Falling in love is easy. And staying in love, it's very hard to do for most of humans. I used to ask myself, if we have everything to be happy, why aren't we happy? What am I doing wrong that others are not? I was comparing my marriage to others and that was my number one mistake. Each marriage is different and each can adapt or decide if it no longer works. But I believe that if we really are committed to a relationship, we will look for ideas and try to find solutions to the problems that we have. But if you think your relationship is not worth the time and effort, and there are just too many red flags, go ahead and separate from each other for some time and see where it goes. Never think about what your friends and families will think because at the end, you are the one living under that roof. You are the one miserable or feeling unhappy. And you are the one that will still feel alone when he or she is home. I will end this review with some quick questions that can probably help you decide if you are in a healthy relationship or not. Does my partner encourage me to grow? Do we share goals for the future? Do we want the same kind of relationship? Can I be myself with them? Do I accept them for who they are? Do we give and take from each other fairly equally? Is my life better with them in it? Does our time together have meaning? If you mostly answer yes, your relationship is probably a strong one. Thanks everyone for listening to another episode. I hope this helps you and give you some ideas of how to look for a healthy relationship and try to find solutions to the one you're already in and see if it's worth or not. Give it a shot. Try everything is out there. And I hope your relationship is a strong one. I see you all next time.